0: Welcome everyone to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions. My name is Courtney.
1: And I am Carl.
0: This is episode 129, and we're discussing the 2023 Crunchyroll Anime Awards. There might be some spoilers for some of these anime, but we'll try to warn you ahead of time. This is a very timely episode in terms of like when we're recording, because the Crunchyroll Anime Awards happened what, March 3rd, March 4th in Tokyo?
1: Yes, March 4th uh, in Tokyo, Japan. I think this was actually the first time they held the ceremony in Japan. The previous two years, it was held virtually uh, because of the pandemic, and I think before that, uh, the ceremony was held here in the States. So I guess very monumental for the ceremony, which I realize now it's the 7th, old Anime Awards. I didn't so,
0: realize there were seven to begin with. <laughs> yeah, still
1: kind of in its infancy, but I think it's slowly rising to prominence.
0: Well, going back to why this is so timely, it's because this episode is coming out only days after these winners are announced. So we're recording this with a very quick turnaround, but we wanted to talk through all of this while while everyone's still on that Crunchyroll Anime Award high, because some of these, uh, as always, are very not not questionable winners, but um, you know, I, I just feel like some anime should have won for some of these categories where they didn't win.
1: I feel like the awards have gotten better with at least. The selection of winners I agree in, in a way because you know like previous years we've always been concerned with how since the event is sponsored by Crunchyroll it was hosted by Crunchyroll that they would favor titles that are streaming exclusively on their platform but it seems like they like accepted a lot of nominees that were on other platforms like Netflix or High Dive and some of them went home with the awards, so I'm glad that they're recognizing titles outside of their platform at the very least.
0: Yeah, I would say it's been a a big improvement year over year. For the last couple of years that I've caught the awards, I haven't been watching them since I guess the, since they started seven years ago or whenever it was, but the last few years um, it has gotten much better and you can tell they're trying to cater or tailor their categories in a way that can encapsulate the biggest amount of anime possible although i will say in a lot of these categories we had the same suspects but it was also a heavy hitter year for anime so maybe they these these shows were just so monumental that they landed on a bunch of the categories but we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a minute we have some fun updates about uh us and what's been going on lately especially cuz this was a very very busy weekend for us and most importantly we wanted to share that we are going to be guest spotting once again on TV and Movie Trivia Pod.
1: Yes, it's always a fun time going on the TV and Movie Trivia Pod with with Brian. This time around, I think the podcast is doing a series on Disney movies, all the the animated classics. And so we knew that we had to get on board with the podcast again to talk about one of our favorite Disney movies, which is...
0: Mulan! Mulan. <laughs> I wouldn't call us like die-hard Disney fans. Like I enjoy Disney movies, um, but I'm not like a Disney fanatic or anything like that, and I don't think you really are either. Although you, I guess you could call Star Wars part of that now.
1: <laughs> no, I, I appreciate Disney movies. Maybe not like all the current ones that I'm not so hot on, but... You know, the Renaissance, as I like to call it the Disney Renaissance and all the Pixar films. I feel and yeah, like now Star Wars too.
0: <laughs> I feel like there are like while we're not like huge Disney fans when it comes to like the breadth of Disney offerings, there are a few movies that we are fanatics around. and Mulan is definitely one of them. I would say Aladdin's another one. Hunchback of Notre Dame there for you, you go, yes. for some reason. <laughs> Hercules for me, I fucking love Hercules.
1: Toy Story, Toy so. Story, Coco. Oh yeah, Coco. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why we love that movie so much.
0: <laughs> and of course, my favorite Disney movie of all time, which is Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we there are some that we just absolutely adore. Mulan is definitely one of them. Um, it's it's like a movie that's deeply rooted in not only like our relationship, but our like friendships and stuff too. There's a lot of backstory behind that. So when Brian reached out to us about doing Mulan trivia, we knew we had to jump on board. And we always love connecting with him, collabing with him. He's been on our podcast many times to talk about Attack on Titan, and we've been on his podcast many times to do trivia. And I think we did pretty well this time.
1: Yeah, especially because one of the trivia questions he included happened to be about one of, my most favorite songs from a movie if not one of or my most favorite disney song ever one of your
0: favorite <laughs> karaoke songs too
1: yeah that too it's a great karaoke song but we're not going to spoil what the question was so you'll have to tune in this week to the newest episode of tv and movie trivia pod
0: Yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, TV and Movie Trivia Pod is on all major podcast services, including Spotify and Apple. So tune in, see how we did, and test your own Mulan knowledge. So I mentioned it's been kind of a chaotic weekend for us. Let's recap what we've done this weekend. So first and foremost, we watched the Attack on Titan one-hour special that came out Mm -hmm. for us here in the States on March 3rd supposedly sometime in the morning, but it actually ended up showing up on Crunchyroll like in the afternoon.
1: Yeah, that was a hot mess and i'm sure we'll talk about that in our um special episode of attack on titan everyone but was confused we were all panicking yeah. we're like where can we watch
0: it and when can we watch it yeah
1: social media was kind of blowing up especially like crunchyroll's twitter account with people demanding the release of the dub or the subbed version here in the states but yeah we, we eventually got around to watching it and boy was it an emotional roller coaster
0: it was, and as we've mentioned before, we're bringing back our Attack on Titan special event. This time, it'll be just one episode to review the one-hour special that premiered this weekend. So look forward to that on March eighth. And then that same evening, you went to a Bulls game.
1: <laughs> I did. It's. I think I went to a Bulls game last year. I've I've been to several Bulls games over the years. Uh, I'm not. I mean, I know. Most of the players on the team right now. But I I went with two of my best friends, and they're the ones who are really into the NBA and have been following the Bulls this year. I think the Bulls are not doing... They're okay, I guess. They've been (laughs) just okay for so many years. You know, They've always been talking about how the team is building up to be in playoff contention. Um, I think they have the right players for it. It's just they're not capitalizing on certain opportunities during the games, but it was a, it was a fun watch. Um, who were they playing? They were playing the Phoenix Suns, who had recently acquired Kevin Durant. And so one of my best friends, he was the one who bought the tickets. I think this was one of the games that he wanted to, to see because Kevin Durant was playing. Um, and so, yeah, we got pretty good seats. They were 300 level. Um, Normally, we're, I think we get 500 just because they're cheaper. But I decided to splurge a little bit more. Uh, got a better view of the court. So uh, I, I think my f- two friends ended up on the Jumbotron at some point. But I had...
0: Was it the kiss cam? Just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I, I,
1: I have no idea. Um, or it's it's the one where one of the sponsors for the Bulls, BMO Harris Bank, they pass out those posters to everyone and then you know people can write on them and then you have a chance to get on the jumbotron if you have a cool saying on your poster or something and so i think they were behind these two kids who had the poster um and so i i again i didn't i wasn't on the jumbotron because i think i went to the bathroom at that point <laughs> uh, so i had to just take their word at face value but apparently one of my friends said like he's tried to stuff his whole fist in his mouth oh my god like (laughs) Like
0: Josuke in part four of Jojo oh yeah basically
1: (laughs) (laughs) um yeah the Bulls ended up losing but again it was just a fun time uh being with friends and you know trying out overpriced stadium food
0: (laughs) do you want to explain what the bulls are to anyone who's not familiar with the nba
1: yes the bulls are the basketball team for chicago in the nba the national basketball association so yes the chicago bulls i think many people the world over might recognize the team name for the dynasty that the bulls had in the early 90s or throughout the 90s especially because michael jordan considered the greatest basketball player of all time was the leader of the team and he led the bulls to six championships um and i think <laughs> bulls fans just kind of ride on that nostalgia hoping that they can have similar luck with like a, a winning team in the present we we almost had the chance with derrick rose in the early 2010s but that didn't pan out so well um so i mean things are looking brighter right now but you know Chicago sports—you you, kind of have to take the, take the good with the bad, and most of the time it's with the bad. But we're always we're always hopeful fans. So,
0: and while you were at the Bulls game, I was spending all of my evening binging Octopath Traveler two. Oh, what happened, Rigby? <laughs> Maybe Rigby's mad at me for spending for so much time on Octopath. <laughs> yeah. I just binged it for hours. <laughs> uh, for anyone who's not familiar, Rigby is our corgi, and he stays in the room with us every single time we record. But ninety-nine percent of the time, he's just sleeping because he's lazy. And then once in a while, you get him chiming in on the podcast. But yeah, I've been playing a shitload of Octopath since it came out. I played Octo the first Octopath um, when that came out. I don't even know what year and. I think you remember I just played nothing but that I did nothing but that I don't know what it is about Octopath it's a really good game and I love the shit out of it
1: yeah I think you played it so much that one of the songs like was an earworm for me and I had to I ended up including it on Spotify on one of my playlists uh what was it the Grand Port Center of Commerce I think was the name Yeah of the song. something
0: like that Unfortunately I have <laughs> not heard it yet in Octopath Traveler 2 I'm not that far in and the reason being is is for anyone who's familiar with the game I'm a completionist so I've just been using I don't remember her name Oh god I, I'm like so bad with names um the the character who is the thief you can steal from people, and that's what I've been doing. I've been trying to open up the map and just steal from everyone. So I have really, really good gear early on so I can blast through the actual stories for the eight characters. But I haven't opened up the entire map. There's are some areas that are out of my reach because I'm not a high enough level. So as of right now, I have not heard that was it Grandport Grand what what?
1: Grandport Center Grandport Center Commerce.
0: Center of Commerce song yet, but, I'm hopeful. Maybe they'll bring it back. That's a fucking vibe.
1: So does the game take place in the same area?
0: I don't remember, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't remember too much about the first Octopath, like the story itself. It was good. I enjoyed the story, um, but not enough for me to remember it all these years. All I know is that um, you can choose who you want to start the game with, and then you can play the stories behind the other characters, or you can just... I guess, like quote unquote, free roam the map or open up the map. So I've been doing that part. I just want to like complete all of that. That way, when I go through the stories, it'll be much faster.
1: Do you know how far you are into the game, like story-wise?
0: Oh, God, story-wise, probably like not even close to 25%. Oh,
1: my God. Yeah. I've been playing like <laughs> almost day in, day out the past week or so. Hey,
0: like I said, I'm a completionist. I'll grind as long as I need to to get really good gear um or good equipment and then i'll i'll just i'll blast through all of it i don't know i'll let everyone know how many hours i end up clocking in on octopath two i need to find out how much i played octopath one because i know that was an obscene amount of hours so that all happened on friday of our weekend and then yesterday saturday was i would say even busier because Mm -hmm. we started off our day by seeing the demon slayer special screening that's been going on here in the states um, it, we went to a really early showing. It was like 1030 in the morning and there are actually a, a decent amount of people in the theater, but it was one of the only options subbed that we were able to make that day and we did go with our Confam group. And it's not a Demon Slayer movie. It's a special screening of the last two episodes from the Entertainment District arc and then the early premiere of episode one of the Swordsmith Village arc but like an extended mm-hmm. episode one. So I we basically had to rewatch the last two episodes of the previous season before seeing the new episode or first episode of the new season.
1: Yeah, so I think it's officially titled Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba to the Swordsmith Village. I uh, say so yeah, it encompasses episodes 10 and 11 of season 2 of Demon Slayer of the Entertainment District arc and then kind of transitions into what I yeah the first episode for season three which I think is slated to come out later this year um yeah I think there have been other anime movies like this where it it sort of recaps or like strings together um like the season a particular season of an anime I, I think of Attack on Titan I know they've done this a couple times where they release season one in a movie format in theaters um so I was kind of expecting this movie to be like that, but all it was was just watching the final two episodes of season two on a big screen and then the the added perk of getting to exclusively see um, the first episode of season three before anyone else does on, on TV.
0: It was cool. I, I didn't mind going. Um, I, I was kind of... Not super excited to sit through the last two episodes of the Entertainment District arc. Not that it was bad or anything. It's just I've already seen it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not one to typically rewatch most things. But it was fun to see it on the big screen. And then I enjoyed the first episode of the newest season. I We're not going to spoil spoil anything, of course. But my initial takeaways from that premiere of episode one is that it's a good start to the season. But it didn't blow me away. There were... There were like one or two hints that they dropped at what could be like a main plot point of the (laughs) Swordsmith Village arc, Mm -hmm. and they're kind of mind-blowing. Like That was good, but overall, it was more like what, here's here's a good use of this word, a transitional episode between what ended the Entertainment District arc and what will start the Swordsmith Village arc.
1: Yeah, the episode or the new episode kind of reminded me of how the Entertainment District arc started where you don't dive deep into what the, the meat of the story is. But yeah, the, the climax of this first episode, the cliffhanger, definitely leaves you wanting to know more about what happens next. Um, but yeah, other than that, I don't know. I, I feel like this, wasn't, this didn't really merit like a movie screening. Um, I, I don't know what other format they could have used to have this exclusive first look at the first episode. Usually they
0: have them at like anime conventions, yeah. but I don't know what big one is right around this time.
1: Right, so I, I I get why like a limited screening across the states might have been good, but you know I, I feel like as with certain... Movie or like anime movies that come out in theaters this one felt like a cash grab like we didn't need to spend the money to rewatch the last two episodes of season two and then a little bit of what to expect in season three but like you said it was, it was a fun time with friends um, I also noticed when, at the box office you know they have the list of movies and Demon Slayer is rated R even though this is a, a shonen anime.
0: I know it's so <laughs> geared weird towards,
1: like the younger demographic.
0: I mean, I get it. There's a decent amount of like blood and gore and uh like I don't know, a sprinkle of adult humor here and there in Demon Slayer, but it's just weird to think that like they would actually rate it R.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: it is what it is. Um, of course we're going to do a Demon Slayer review series or not review series, but um probably like a part 1 and part 2 set of review episodes for the swordsmith village arc i actually don't know how many episodes it's supposed to be so if it's 12 episodes i'm sure we'll do one review episode if it's 24 episodes or more we'll do two review episodes so look forward to that and if we can recall the differences from the extended episode one to what actually is the official episode one that gets premiered whenever that swordsmith village arc comes out we'll try to compare and contrast but look forward to that sometime, whenever it comes out. When the fuck is it supposed to come out? (laughs) I should have looked this up, but I don't know when the new season comes out. I think it's in the next couple of months. I'm
1: seeing some articles that say April
0: 9th. Oh, shit. So, like, really soon. Yeah, Matt has it at April 9th.
1: Okay, so we could have waited a month.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's okay. We got to find out ahead of time. So, pretty soon, we'll get to watch it. And then, at some point through the next anime season, which is spring 2023, you'll get our review episodes. And then we'll talk about what we actually saw in the theaters more in depth. And then to round out our crazy-ass weekend, you finished up Saturday night with your Diapers for Dad party.
1: Yes, and I don't know if you can tell by the lower timbre of my voice, I'm still kind of recovering from from the festivities. You're hungover? (laughs) (laughs) Not hungover, but like i just feel exhausted and, and, kind, yeah. of, and kind of kind <laughs> of sore uh but for those of you who don't know like diapers for dad is kind of like a, a new concept that's been going through in, in the recent years with you know like they have baby showers that um typically are like the women who know the mother to be are invited to um diapers for dad is like the guy version of the baby shower so At our at our place, we invited um, my my guy friends and and some family members just to just to celebrate. I guess me being a father to be, like sort of the last hurrah before we have to hunker down and take care of our baby.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I think what's what's fun about it is that the concept of like this diapers for dad. There's like other names people use for it. We just went with this one. Is that it's a much more like low key chill event like the baby shower that we had for um for me i guess and and like the ladies was more formal at like a restaurant things like that this is like a bunch of the guys coming over bringing some diapers and then getting shit faced all night so it was was... basically
1: like um like the college parties that we used to have yeah (laughs) so (laughs) made us feel young again in a sense
0: so I was there for um, the start of it, hanging out saying hi to everybody and then I went to go hang out with my sister for the rest of the night so that you guys could do your guy thing. Um, I guess what what was like the highlight of the evening? Do you want to share the uh, the game that you played?
1: Yeah, actually, I don't know if you mentioned this, but it's called diapers for Dad because each guest brings a pack or a pack or a box of diapers um, as their sort of ticket in. And that's a great way for the parents to be to have a supply of diapers on hand for the baby. Yeah,
0: but I fucked up—not <laughs> really fucked up—but <laughs> the way I sent the invite out to all the guys, it said, "Bring a pack of diapers or wipes for the father to be." So now everyone was joking. They're like, "Oh, what size diapers does Carl wear?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oops, I should have reread the way I wrote that." <laughs> yeah,
1: thankfully, you know, no one, no one brought in uh, diapers for myself because I, you know, it's better for. The diapers to be used by the baby then for me uh but yeah everyone brought their diapers in there was a diaper raffle and we we gave out some gift cards just as a thank you again for everyone coming out to support us uh but yeah i guess the highlight of the night um uh, this was a game that i was keeping secret from everyone but i kept kind of hinting at it like oh i do have a game that i'd like for everyone to play is there's a device that's called a tens unit. And it's typically used. It's like a, a device that you connect to some electro I think they're called like electro pads and you attach them to certain points of your body and you can set the device to send electronic signals to those pads as a way to massage those areas. Um, so it's supposed to be an effective massage tool. However, you can also manip- manipulate the tens unit to act as a labor simulator and so that's <laughs> the game that we played is just to see how long the people could endure the tens unit acting as a labor simulator and surprisingly everyone did very well like no one tapped out and they went through all the levels of intensity there're 20 could...
0: levels weren't there
1: yes and some of them took it really well. Some of them had over the top reactions, and we <laughs> captured some of those on video um, just to still look back at, and maybe we'll show our kids someday. Yeah, watch <laughs> how your, crazy their uncles were. Yeah, watch your
0: <laughs> uncles screaming in pain as they try to see what it's like to be in labor <laughs> yeah.
1: when you're pregnant. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think everyone made it through the twenty levels of intensity. They wanted me to try it. Unfortunately, I have a lower pain threshold, so I think I, I only made it through 18, except our, my my one friend who was uh, mani- managing the device kept saying, like, oh, this is level 3, when actually he had set it to level 18.
0: You're so close, only two levels yeah, away. Yeah, <laughs> I know,
1: but again, it was it was too much. <laughs> I, I don't know if I have, like, a, a sensitive stomach or whatever. Uh, but, but I would say maybe... The, the alcohol helped as well. To, I'm sure. <laughs> like, that's why I, I also t- told people like, like drink as much as you can because it'll help for the game. And then, yeah, like the game was over and like they still wanted to mess around with the TENS unit. Um, And so a couple of my friends were using it in ways that you should not use a TENS unit for. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but yeah, it was a, definitely a highlight of the night. And yeah, overall it was just a, a really good time. Again, it made us feel young again, like we were at some college party, because there were other drinking games that we played. And we were just really rowdy. I think we ended the night on like drunk karaoke. So that was fun as well. Um, But yeah, it was a great way to round out a a really busy weekend, even though I might feel like really tired and exhausted right now. But I think it was well worth it.
0: And I'm glad it all worked out. I'm glad everyone could come out and celebrate you. I I know that I've been getting showered with a lot of love and support, being the one um, who's who's actually pregnant. But I wanted you to be recognized too, because you might not be, you know, bringing a baby into this world physically, but you'll be there to, you know, raise the baby and mm-hmm. be a part of his life. Like we're gonna do this together. So I wanted you to have some fun and, and some recognition and support as well.
1: Yeah, and I can't wait for all of these guys to be bad influences on our on our kid. <laughs> They're going to be those uncles. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then today, as you can probably follow along, is Sunday. Um, we started off this morning with watching a little bit of the Crunchyroll Anime Awards. So I don't know the winners for all of these categories, but we have seen at least half of them, I would say. Um, so there were some interesting highlights from the actual award ceremony that aired from Japan. Uh, There are some, you know, goofs and and mishaps and whatnot that happen with every award show. I would say with this one, the simultaneous translators were actually kind of difficult to follow. I almost wish that for the pre-recorded version that we were watching, or like the on-demand version, that they had somehow put subtitles in after everything was all said and done because trying to follow some of those simultaneous translators was like I I felt like I was going crazy trying to listen Mm. to them and I recognize that their job is incredibly hard like simultaneous translation is a work of art like it's it's something that not many people can do it takes a lot of brain power I'm sure but damn I was confused (laughs) I don't know if you felt the same way
1: No, yeah, because, you know, they would take abrupt pauses in their translation, and then they would, like, once they were able to formulate the right words to say, they would just continue on, and it was just, like, a, a whole burst of information, and they would talk over, like, what what the upcoming segment was like the wars that were about to be presented
0: and sometimes it wasn't even cohesive thoughts you could tell the simultaneous translators were kind of struggling Mm -hmm. to remember what was said so then they were kind of jumping around so all in all i think we got the gist of what a lot of these japanese um, speaking presenters or recipients were saying but it was kind of exhausting
1: i mean it was live streamed so i don't think they could have like had subtitles on the fly. We know what happens when you do that because of the JoJo special event that oh, happened God, a couple yeah. years ago. So I think like they did the best that they could, but yeah, it wasn't like the United Nations level of interpreters, you know, that speak into each representative's ears.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like for the on-demand version, because we didn't watch it on Friday night, we watched it Sunday morning. So like at that point, it would have been nice if somebody at Crunchyroll you know, was able to go back and watch it again, but then, like, type the actual subtitles. <laughs> um, but I'm sure that's a lot of work, too. So it is what it is. We we figured out what was going on. And I would say, overall, the award show was pretty cool. Um, there was another interesting moment where one of the presenters, her, like, left contact fell out of her eye in the middle of her giving, not a speech, but introducing an award of some sort. And I have to say, for as, like, scary and like embarrassing as that probably was for her she played it off really really well
1: yeah and uh so it was one of the hosts there were two hosts for the award ceremony in japan um sally uh, sally amaki and uh, john kabira and it was sally who was presenting Uh, she's a japanese voice actress i think she was born here in the states but then moved to japan to work on voice acting um It was kind of funny because she kind of used two different tones of voice when speaking like English and then in her Japanese where it sounded more akin to how she would sound as a voice actress. Uh, But yeah, so she had, she like turned away from the mic. I thought thought, she was going to sneeze. That's what I thought too. And then she told the audience, oh, one of my contacts just fell out this reminds me of the the yes dance (laughs) i I lost my contact oh
0: yeah (laughs) which i but but i have gotten lasik but before that i wore contacts for many many years and sometimes that just happens when your eye gets really dry or you blink a certain way once the contact starts to fall out that's it like you have to take it out Mm -hmm. you can't just leave it there because then your eyes gonna be twitching like crazy so i don't blame her for turning around and like pulling the contact out and then she said I can't really see right now, so I'm going to have to read the teleprompter with one eye cover, which yeah. I also get because I have, re- or had anyway before LASIK, really shitty eyesight, and to only survive off of one contact would have been a nightmare. So, yeah, she played it off well. She made a joke. She's like, like a shonen protagonist. I'm going like, to like use like a, this. Like a samurai. Yeah, like a samurai <laughs> like who had like an eye damage or something. She's like, I'm only going to use one eye or whatever. And then she took a, a second to actually say it in English as well because it was so off-script. So I I just had to call that out. Like For the situation she was in, and you could see how bad her hands were shaking, she was so nervous. Mm -hmm. She played it off so well. She was honest, like very human in the moment, just like, hey, shit, this happened to me. It happens to everybody. I'm just going to make the best of it, and then we'll move on.
1: Yeah, and then her co-host, John, later on just commended her for doing so well, and it it cut to a a shot of her, and she seemed like... I think she was kind of crying out of embarrassment, but um like she she appreciated the gesture and so the night went on uh, what other things did we see like some of the presenters there were some from the Japanese side of the industry and then they invited like influencers and uh, a, a, one w w e wrestler i think zelina vega um and and some celebrities from the states one I recognized was Finn Wolfhard and his brother, um, Finn Wolfhard being the actor from Stranger Things, and two NFL players whose names I I can't remember, um, and who presented Anime of the Year. Valkyrie, who's a Twitch streamer, and was it Saikuno? I I think so. uh, the, The other, yeah, Sikuno, I don't know how you pronounce it. I don't follow these streamers, but he's a YouTube streamer. Um, and he looked very uncomfortable on stage compared to Valkyrie. I don't know if he just has like stage fright or whatever. I
0: mean, honestly, I would be shitting my pants. So at least yeah. he got up there.
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah, very interesting palette of presenters at the Crunchyroll Awards. And they had performances as well. Uh, the coolest one that I thought was, uh, Koto Yamamoto, the, one of the composers for Attack on Titan, the final season, uh, Performed a live rendition of "Ashes on the Fire." Uh, who else? Yuki Kajiura, who I think is the one of the com, or the composer for Demon Slayer, uh, did a performance of "Homura," the theme song from the Mugen Train arc of Demon Slayer the movie. But Even Lisa though, wasn't there. Yeah, they had like four <laughs> other singers who took Lisa's place. They did. They did okay, but you know, I, it would have been cool to see Lisa perform. And then Ali, the group who had done the ending for Jujutsu Kaisen 1, or the first season of Jujutsu Kaisen, the first first ED, which was awesome to hear live.
0: Lost in Paradise. Yes. And recently Crunchyroll announced that they would not be doing their Crunchyroll Expo this year, which I feel like is the first time in a while they're not doing that Expo. And uh, you guys may remember that we attended the Crunchyroll Expo this past August. And it was fucking fun and and really interesting, like a really cool take on an anime convention. But then we heard, you know, they're not going to do it again. And we were kind of wondering why. Like, why are they not bringing back the expo? It seemed like it was a big success. But I think this might be why. They probably used so much of their budget to put on this award show and have so many, like, notable people from the anime industry, like, in Japan and have these these notable guests come out that they probably couldn't afford to do both of them that's my theory Pure, purely a theory that i have no no confirmation on whether that's true but that was just my my suspicion so now we're going to get into all of the categories all of the nominees all of the shows that we voted for and all of the actual winners from the 2023 Crunchyroll Anime Awards. For any of our patrons, we recently put out a bonus episode on our Patreon where we talked about the nominees shortly after they were announced and then went through... It was like a... A live reaction it was our first time seeing the categories first time seeing the nominees and we voted at the exact same time so if you're interested in hearing our initial thoughts and deep diving into each of these categories and our reactions to who was nominated that's over at patreon you can find it at patreon.com slash strictly series
1: and so let's get on with it we'll go ahead and go through the winners for each category of the crunchyroll anime awards fun fact i think 18 million votes were counted over 200 countries across the world. So that's a pretty impressive reach uh, for the genre of entertainment that we love so much. Um, so the format of this is that I will read off the categories starting with, I wouldn't say like the, the, the least important, but probably the least significant. <laughs> I don't know. How, how. What's the best way to say that?
0: Um... I have no idea. We're basically <laughs> just going to go through them probably in a similar order that they were presented at the awards show. Yeah. Going from like the the less notable categories, less go. exciting okay. categories. Less notable. That's a better to, way to put the biggies. It. Um, so if you're looking at the Crunchyroll Anime Awards website, we're going to go from the bottom up.
1: Yes. So what would that be? Like ascending order, basically. So I'll read the title of the category and then go through the list of nominees for that category we'll each give our pick for who we thought was going to win and then i will say who won that category not
0: who we thought was going to win because we did that last year but who we actually wanted to win who we thought deserved to win (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) so our personal picks and then we'll go through the actual winner of that category so we'll start off with the best VA performance in English. The nominees for this category are Amalie, who played Marnie Kitagawa in My Dress Up Darling, Jeremy Leigh, who played Kotaro Sato in Kotaro Lives Alone, Natalie Van Sistine, who played Your Forger in Spy Family, Sung Won Cho, aka Prozd, who played Kage in Ranking of Kings Core 2, Zach Aguilar, who played David in Cyberpunk Edge Runners, and Zeno Robinson, who played Gamma Two in Dragon Ball Super Superhero. I think my pick for this was Sungwon Cho, just because I know him from YouTube and I've watched his videos. I don't. Yeah, we didn't watch uh, Ranking of Kings dubbed, uh, but I, I did hear some snippets of him playing Kage, and you know, I think he has a great he has a great um, anime voice. So. I, that's who I went with. Again, we don't watch dub, so I don't have much to say about this category. But who did you pick? Nobody. Oh. <laughs> because for that exact
0: reason, I, I don't watch dub anymore Um, unless I, there's a compelling reason to. And I was not familiar with any of these performances. So I just didn't feel like I had any basis to vote on. Um, I'm not even really familiar with any of the voice actors at all. I know of Pro ZD, but that's about it. So I... I abstained from voting in this category
1: but I'll go ahead and announce the winner for this category so best voice acting performance in english went to zach aguilar who played david martinez in cyberpunk edge runners moving on to best va performance in japanese we have atsumi tanizaki who played anya forger in spy family Chika Anzai, who played Chisato Nishikigi in Licorice Recoil, Fairuz Ai who played Jolene Kujo in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean, Misaki Kuno, Faputa, who played Faputa and Irum Yui in Maiden Abyss, the Golden City of the Scorching Sun, Natsuki Hanae, who played Tanjiro Kamado in Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba Entertainment District Arc, and Yuki Kaji, who played Eren Yeager in Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2. So I think for this category, I picked... I was I to win just because of knowing the backstory of how she got to play jolene like essentially she is a huge jojo fan and this was like the role of a lifetime for her and so it was really special for her to actually get the role to play jolene and i thought she did it with flying colors like just getting the right voice for her using the right emotions to express the stuff that jolene has to deal with and go through throughout stone ocean um so it, it's almost like that what, what do you call like like a cinderella story um, uh, basically for fire Zion. and i thought she would have been well deserving of this award
0: i ended up voting for atsumi tanizaki who voiced anya forger in spy family because i i've, I've shared this before i don't remember in what topic but probably in our Spy Family Review episodes, I feel like it's very rare that we have an adult voice actor who can pull off a convincing, legitimate, childlike voice. Oftentimes, it's very obvious that it's an adult trying to emulate um, or mimic the way a child would would speak. Here, when I first heard Anya, I actually kind of had to, like, I had to pause and and look it up and I'm like, is this an actual child or is this an adult who's really, really good at mimicking how a child would speak? So I found that to be very impressive. I wouldn't say that Anya, like that the voice acting performance needs this voice actor to push the boundaries or be overly expressive, but I was just so impressed at how how good Anya sounded, like how much Anya sounded Mm -hmm. like an actual child.
1: And so the winner for best voice acting performance in Japanese actually went to Yuki Kaji, who plays Aaron Yeager in Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2, which I'm not I'm not sad about because I love Yuki Kaji. He's one of my favorite voice actors. But thinking about Aaron in Part 2 of the final season, he has a kind of compared to Part 1, he has a pretty monotone voice. I won't delve into like the stuff that Aaron does in the final season but for the things that are happening with Aaron it's not a very inspired role i guess
0: i completely agree so i i think that yukikaji is deserving of of recognition like this cuz overall he is a really really good voice actor but if you look at his his like resume of performances the Aaron, the current Aaron Yeager, we'll call him emo Aaron Yeager. Emo Aaron Yeager is probably one of the most subdued voice acting roles that Yūki Kaji has had mm-hmm. um at least notable ones that he's had and this was my issue with the same category last year was that I think Yūki Kaji was on here I actually thought despite hating Gabby I thought that the voice actor for Gabby should have been nominated last year and this year because that role like if you had to have one from Attack on Titan that role really pushes the boundaries yeah i mean this girl is screaming and i mean legitimately screaming at the top of her lungs um she is crying she is passionate like the character is passionate about the things that she's saying uh she she goes through like a roller coaster of emotion and the voice actor for gabby does a phenomenal job of portraying that similarly fireu's eye who plays jolene and Jota's bizarre adventure that you voted for Goes through a roller coaster of emotions, is fighting, is screaming constantly. So while Yukikaji is a great voice actor, I don't think the emo Aaron Yeager role from the final season part two is pushing the boundaries or using his full potential the way some of these other nominees are. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my gripe with Yukikaji winning this category. But really, any of them I think would have been. The whole list of nominees, I think, is great. It's mm-hmm. a it's a good pick, um, or a good set of of picks from Crunchyroll, um. But I I still that's why I voted for Anya. That, that's why I voted for Anya. I would have been happy with Fireu's eye. I would have been happy with fucking Tanjiro, um. <laughs> but Yuki Kaji, f- phenomenal. Just it's it's not there. It's not quite there.
1: Moving on to best romance, the nominees for this category are Call of the Night. Kaguya-sama, Love is War, Ultra Romantic, Komi Can't Communicate, Second Series, Love After World Domination, My Dress Up Darling, and Shikimori's Not Just a Cutie. A lot of heavy hitters, I would say, in this category, although I don't know why Shikimori's on this list because that was fucking boring. (laughs) Absolutely. So
0: boring. Um, I watched it at two times speed. I needed to get through it so fast.
1: Yeah, same. And Shikimori's Not Just My Type of anime uh, but the, the anime that i did pick i think most of you out there feel would feel like this was going to be my pick i picked Comey can't communicate because you know Comey's my number one waifu um, but there are a lot of other great anime on this list that i think would have been a, a great winner for best romance so who did you pick
0: surprise surprise i'm i picked my dress up darling i i love um I'm trying not to, I won't spoil anything, but I love the dynamic between Madin and Gojo. And I think the fact that there's there's like progression, whatever that progression is, um, is so nice to see and so rare in a romance anime, especially this early on. So I think it fully fits the best romance category. I also really loved World After Domination. I don't think it should have like... I, I, w- I didn't vote for it because I didn't think... It deserved to win the category, but I'm glad to see it on here because it was a very cute show. It mm-hmm. was hilarious, um, but focused fully on the romance between the two main characters and was a very satisfying romance. So I'm, I'm happy that that at least made it as a nominee.
1: But the winner for this award went to Kaguya-sama Love is War Ultra Romantic, which I don't think is too much of a surprise because I know that anime... Has been taking the community by storm, especially with the the movie that just came out about it. Um, granted, we've only watched. Well, I watched the first season of Kaguya-sama, so I can't say much about. I think this was the third season, and you've only seen a couple episodes, and then you ultimately dro- dropped. It. <laughs> yeah,
0: I dropped it after three episodes. I tried, I tried. I know people keep telling me, give it another shot, give it a give it another chance. We'll see. I mean. If it's this good that people are raving about it and it's winning awards, um, I'm down for a good romance, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I know we haven't mentioned anything about Call of the Night, which was one of the other nominees for this category, but I think we only watched one episode of that, and it's kind of on hold. For, I watched a few more. Oh, you did? Yeah,
0: I put, I put it on hold as well. I, I just got overwhelmed with everything that was going on with our, our personal life um, at that time. And I didn't want to blast through it. I wanted to give it the proper time to watch it. So I'm maybe like just shy of halfway in, but it is on hold. So I, I also can't speak to it too much because I don't know how that pans out.
1: Next category, we have Best Fantasy. And the nominees for this category are Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba Entertainment District Arc, Made Abyss, The Golden City of the Scorching Sun, Mushoko Tensei, Jobless Reincarnation Season 1, Part 2, Overlord 4, Ranking of Kings, Core 2, and the Case Study of Vanitas, Core 2. For this one, it was kind of hard because like, I think this is where like, I, I started to... This is one of the categories where I started to think like, which one of these would be the mainstream answer. But I thought, even though I'm not so hot on this series as a whole, my pick for Best Fantasy was Made in Abyss. Just because I think it's... It has enough of you know it it has a resounding impact with the people who've watched it, and the story I think is is very unique, but also like it kind of catches you off guard, and especially with the second season, like I I think the first season was kind of an emotional whirlwind, whirlwind, but I think the second season it tries to st- tug even harder at your heartstrings, and I think it still did it in an effective way.
0: I voted for Mushoku Tensei. I think it's phenomenal. I loved the second core more than the first core. I think the show has just gotten progressively better and better with each episode. So I, to me, it, it just built this world in a slightly slow way, but in a way that really gets you invested in what's going on in the world and with the characters. And so I thought that it was a fantastic fantasy anime. The reason I didn't vote for Made in Abyss, the city of the the golden city of the scorching sun is because I actually liked the first season better than season 2. Still really love season 2. I think the show is phenomenal overall, but I if it were the first season of Made in Abyss, I would have picked that because that season spent a lot of time world building we're thinking fantasy we're thinking world building because it's trying to portray a world that we do not have any familiarity with um and that's what season one was all about season two was kind of contained to like a part of the world so that's mm. kind of why i wavered a little bit on voting yeah, it makes for it sense, yeah. but i could have gone either way with Mushoku tensei or made an abyss
1: but the winner for best fantasy actually went to demon slayer kimetsu no yaiba entertainment district arc so this is where, like, I think it was kind of the, the mainstream answer or the mainstream selection uh, for this category. Like, yeah, I can see, like, Demon Slayer is fantasy because it, it deals with demons, <laughs> but I don't know. Why Something... isn't Attack
0: on Titan on here?
1: Yeah, that's true. Because when I a think fantasy as well.
0: I think a part of fantasy is not being super rooted in our reality otherwise mm-hmm. you're getting closer to like a slice of life or i don't know maybe like a shonen rooted in slice of life. So Attack on Titan is a world that doesn't even fucking exist. That's a that is a completely made up world. Demon Slayer i think is the only one on this list that is rooted in the actual real world, which is Japan. I can't remember the era of Japan. Taisho period? Yes, yeah. Um so it's rooted <laughs> in actual Japan. Sure it has demons. And breathing, as our friends were joking around about. But I, I'm i surprised. Like, if this was on here and one, why wouldn't Attack on Titan be here as well? I can see Attack on Titan being on drama uh, uh, as well. But to not be on fantasy, I was surprised by. Although I say that in the case study of Vanitas, which I'm, I, I enjoy it. I'm just surprised it's on this list. Is I think, rooted in Paris, I think. It's mm. been a little bit since I've watched it. So maybe that kind of nullifies or is like a, what i'm a, a saying <laughs> setting
1: evocative of paris yeah okay
0: but i don't even know why vanitas is on here it was really good i enjoyed it i just didn't think it was like nominee worthy
1: i think ranking of kings would also have been a, a good choice um, yeah absolutely yeah because you know that that's like sort of medieval fantasy and the story of bulgy is just it's inspiring and heartwarming to follow But
0: Neither of us have seen Overlord, so we can't Mm -hmm. comment on that. Although I have heard that that is very heavy in world building. So I could see why maybe it's on this list. But I don't know. I was kind of bummed that Demon Slayer won. I think it's a fantastic story. Don't get me wrong. It's a really good fantasy. I just think there are other fantasies that are stronger on this list as actual fantasies.
1: Next category, we have Best Drama. And the nominees for this category are... 86 Part 2, Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2, Cyberpunch Egg... Cyberpunch? <laughs> <What> the- <laughs> I was about Cyber Cyberpunch Egg Runners. Okay, <laughs> let me try that again. Cyberpunk Edge Runners, Dance Dance Dancer, Kotaro Lives Alone, and Made Abyss, The Golden City of the Scorching Sun. For this category, I went with my heart, and I picked Kotaro Lives Alone. I, I would say like that would probably have been one of my top anime for twenty twenty two just because of how underrated it was. And in terms of drama, Kotaro is one of those shows where I think we've both said this a lot on the podcast. It's better for you to just experience it on your own rather than us giving you the premise of it. Because I think that's what makes it effective as as a show. And I think it definitely capitalizes on the drama aspect. Um, especially with just how real it feels, at least to me.
0: Yeah, I I don't want to spoil anything either, but I would say it definitely deserves to be on drama. That this category, even though it is the least dramatic of all of them, it's yeah, like uh, it's it's like subtlety it's is like its, a is slice its of life
1: drama. I would call it kind of like that level in a way. Not mm. even it's a comedy. I would say
0: it's definitely a comedy, but the drama elements are are there. I, I don't want to spoil it. It's so good. You, you just have to watch it. Um, but there's a reason it's in this category. However, I ended up voting for Attack on Titan. <laughs> this whole category was so difficult for me. Besides Dance, Dance, Dancer, I don't know what that is or why. I, mean, I know what it is, but I don't know why it's on here. I didn't watch it. I can't comment on it. But everything else is heavy hitters all the way i think all of them deserve to be on this list but if i'm gonna compare because kotaro lives alone was my second choice if i'm gonna think like best drama i don't think there's any way any of these shows can compare to the insane writing and drama of attack on titan
1: yeah that's that's fair to say
0: but i would be absolutely happy with any of these winning again except dance dance Dance, dancer
1: Well, you should probably buy a lottery ticket this week, Courtney, because the winner for Best Drama did go to Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2. Let's fucking go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this has been probably one of the most dramatic arcs of the Attack on Titan series. So I I would say it's well-deserved. 86 Part 2, though, the way that ended, I think that was a, a perfect ending to very dramatic story about war and oh my god, eighty six
0: so good. Despite frederica everything was so yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, like frederica. if they if they wrote her out of it, it would have been perfect.
1: <laughs> and then cyberpunk edge runners, the the name that I flubbed earlier. um I think this would have been deserving as well, especially with how David's story plays out throughout the whole thing. Kind of like a a rags to slightly better rags story <laughs> intertwined with. Um, like uh, his relationship with Lucy, right? I keep forgetting her name. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're asking me. I'm the worst when it comes to names. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought
1: like you you would know better than I. Uh, but yeah, Cyberpunk Edge Runners I think would have been a a good choice as well. Moving on to the category for best comedy, the nominees for this category are Kaguya-sama: Love is War, Ultra Romantic, Kotaro Lives Alone, My Dress Up Darling, Spy Family uncle from another world and ya boy kong ming this category i went with spy family just because I, I i just recall many of the episodes that we were watching i i had chuckled a lot <laughs> maybe chuckled you that had chuckled you know like <laughs> so, some of the the humor hit pretty well especially like thinking of scenes with your. How how kind of ditchy she acts is, she acts. I can't speak her. How ditsy, ditsy, ditsy. She acts. Yeah, You're hungover. Yeah, I'm hungover. <laughs> you did drink a lot, so it's okay. <laughs> I'm kind of like your. I'm 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 slurring my words after some drinks, but, um, yeah. I thought the the humor and spy family. It was a nice balanced mix of action. And comedy. Plus, the ending song is called Comedy, or like the first ED. So, kind of fits in well. But who did you pick for this category?
0: I also went with Spy Family because I thought of everything on this list, it was the most comedic. Now, I may have voted for Uncle from Another World because Uncle from Another World, I think, is a solid comedy. Comedy, comedy. Now now
1: you're slurring. I know, too
0: much Octopath. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there's two issues with it. And not, again, not to spoil anything, but Uncle from Another World has had some production issues and has been on hiatus twice, and it still is on its second hiatus. So it technically has not finished airing. There's
1: only one episode. There's left literally one they episode. So, <laughs> they just yeah. haven't
0: released it yet. So in my mind, I couldn't in I couldn't justify voting for it because it hasn't concluded. Unlike all these other shows and in, in their you know cur- the seasons that are nominated this year. So that's one issue. The other is that there is a certain point in Uncle from Another World where the comedy gets to be a bit repetitive. Mm-hmm. I would like to see a little more variety in the second half of the show. But who knows? Maybe the last episode's a fucking banger. We still don't know. It's been on hiatus for months now. But, you know, I, I think that would have been a good a good option. I went with Spy Family, though, because I think of, of the rest of them, it is the most comedic of the options. Mm-hmm. Also, Kaguya, sama I guess I didn't really watch that season.
1: And so maybe I should buy a lottery ticket as well, and you should buy a second one, because the winner for Best Comedy went to Spy Family. Nice. My dress up, darling, just to talk about the other nominees, it was funny, but I think it was just more etchy.
0: It's a rom-com technically, but, like, I don't know, like it's not, it's not like ha-ha bust out laughing funny. Mm-hmm. It's just funny in service of the romance and in yeah. service of the elements of like cosplay and like character development and stuff
1: yeah kind of similar with your boy Kong Ming like there were parts of it that did have like that tinge of humor but not on the level of spy family Um, I think mostly with at least Kong Ming you know because he's like this ancient Chinese historical figure who kind of gets isekai'd into the modern world I think a lot of the humor came from out of that sort of situation um but what do you call
0: like a fish out of water yeah type situation yeah
1: but i can't really recall other moments in the show that were as humorous as that uh Mm -hmm. we just said with the previous category it, it does play up on drama, but there is there is comedy in it, too. Well, it, it
0: definitely is a comedy. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. That's what it's rooted as. But that's not where the forte comes in.
1: Mm-hmm. The drama yeah. is
0: where the forte comes in. That is that is the selling point of Kotaro. So that's why I didn't end up voting for it, for comedy.
1: Next category, we have Best Action. And the nominees for this are Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2, Cyberpunk Runners, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba Entertainment District Arc, Joseph's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean, Lycoris Recoil, and Spy Family. Let's see. For this category, I went with Demon Slayer. And I'm just (laughs) thinking, you know, it's it's Ufotable who does the... Who is part of Demon Slayer's production. And with every iteration of demon slayer i think they've always knocked it out of the park with their action sequences specifically you know we were talking about the movie earlier that we watched for the transition into the swordsmith village arc uh, with that movie replaying episodes 10 and 11 i think that's probably the most impressive action sequence that i've seen in demon slayer so far i know connor Dog va had tweeted about this uh, when those episodes had been releasing like just you know just the amount of high octane energy that comes out of a scene like that and so that's what made me choose Demon Slayer to be the winner for this category
0: I also chose Demon Slayer I think it has the of the nominees it has the most phenomenal action and the season offered a lot of opportunity for action because the majority of it was fighting. You think about Attack on Titan, the final season part two, there's fighting peppered in there, but the yeah. focus is really more on the drama. Um Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean, a ton of action, but like
1: It's mostly like the Joe Bros trying to figure out their enemy's stands and then the action.
0: Yeah. So I think like even though I wanted to vote for Attack on Titan, I wanted to vote for Jojo's Bizarre Adventure the amount of action and the the impressiveness of the action didn't compare with Demon Slayer. So that's why I went with Demon Slayer.
1: Well, we're on a hot roll, and you especially, because the winner for best action went to Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba Entertainment District Arc.
0: I think that Cyberpunk Runners would have been very deserving of this as well. I think that... Mm-hmm. Studio that, Trigger. Yeah, I mean, Trigger is known for their action. Yeah. I mean, that that is their bread and butter and they delivered with Cyberpunk Edge Runners. But I guess if you were thinking like and this is just me pulling this out of my ass, I could be totally wrong. But if you think about the amount of action, again, between Cyberpunk Edge Runners and Demon Slayer, most of like the Demon Slayer episodes, <laughs> again, not to spoil anything, but in the latter half of that season like, the entire episode was action. Yes. Just, like, one one long fight going on for, like, many, many episodes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. That's what
0: it felt like. And Cyberpunk, I think, had fights in each episode, but that was blended with drama moments. So, mm-hmm. like, the ratio of action to other was much higher, I think, in Demon Slayer.
1: I think that's the same thing with Lycoris Recoil, which is one of my favorite anime from 2022 uh felt very John Wick-esque with cute girls doing cute things mixed in. Uh but I think for that show it was also just, you know, action sequences peppered in throughout. But man, like the the gun work in that show Holy was shit. impressive. Yeah,
0: it was so good. It was so good. I'd have never seen cute girls look so badass before.
1: The next category, we have the must protect at all costs character. I think this is a, a new category for this year but the nominees for this are Anya Forger from Spy Family, Boji from Ranking of Kings Core 2, Kage from Ranking of Kings Core 2, Komi Shoko from Komi Can't Communicate 2nd Series, Kotaro Sato from Kotoro Lives Alone, and Marin Kitagawa from My Dress Up Darling. So I think this category was meant to replace the like best boy and best girl categories that have been prominent in Previous years.
0: Yeah, it's like a a catch all for all of these types of characters.
1: And so, my choice for this, I think the one that stuck out the most for me was Kotaro from Kotaro Lives Alone. Again, I'm not going to go into the specifics of it, but when you learn about Kotaro's story in Kotaro Lives Alone, you just feel like this boy does need to be protected at all costs. Although, I'll say, like, he can still fend for his own. But he's just so innocent and so charming that you can't help but be on his side or at his side.
0: I also voted for Kotaro from Kotaro Lives Alone. I echo everything that you, you said. Um, I think that he, like, he's the character that I'm most compelled to protect. Although Boji was a very close runner up.
1: But the winner for the must-protect-at-all-cost character category went to Anya Forger from Spy Family.
0: I'm not mad about it. I think she, mm. she's a good option, but I think Boji and Kotaro are stronger. I don't get why Marin is on here.
1: Like, think, Comi, yeah, yeah. Comey
0: I can see, because she's got that, like, protect-me energy. Marin is not, like, best girl in a protect kind of sense she's fucking best waifu okay yeah. like she's waifu material like she goes beyond being mm-hmm. best girl she's she's waifu so i kind of am confused as to why Madin is on here but i also am glad that she's on here i don't yeah. know
1: <laughs> it's this is kind of a difficult category to be as a catch-all for like best boy best girl best husbando, best waifu because i think some of these characters you can judge in other ways rather than the must protect at all costs trait um because yeah komi i would also consider more of like a best waifu or best girl material um it's odd that kage's on here because i don't think he he's a character that must be protected but he's more of that 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 support character for for boji like that that cheerleading character so it's him protecting boji at all costs rather than Kage himself needing to be protected.
0: Yeah, I agree. Although D- Kage at certain points in the story does have like protect me energy, mm. especially when you learn more about him. But yeah, I don't know. Maureen, like what are we protecting her from? She's fine. She's, <laughs> from, she's got from it all. her working on her cosplay. Yeah, on, from on herself her really. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, I, I can't say that I'm, I'm mad at Anya winning this category. Even though I, like, I feel like Anya can kind of hold her own because because you know she has special abilities, although I guess she doesn't utilize them the right way.
0: <laughs> She's like very young and mm-hmm. has a very rough past. so I could see her fitting into must protect at all costs.
1: Yeah, and I, I feel like it, it, she'd kind of be like the mainstream answer for this category, kind of yeah. how she just took the world by storm in 2022 when her character was introduced in Spy family especially because of all the faces that she makes, especially you know, the very well-known smug face. Um, I think people people just were just drawn to, towards Anya. So fair, fair choice for this category. Next up, we have Best Supporting Character. And the nominees for this category are Ai Hayasaka from Kaguya-sama Love is War Ultra Romantic, Anya Forger from Spy Family, Kage from Ranking of Kings Core 2, Rebecca from Cyberpunk Edgerunners, Tengen Uzui from Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba Entertainment District Arc, and Your Forger from Spy Family. And my choice for this category, for what I just said previously about this character, uh, I I went with Kage because he's just a great number two to support Boji in that he cheers him on and has the utmost confidence in him throughout the show and... Like, who else would you want? Like, what other character would you want by your side besides Kage? I mean, this has a great slate of choices in this category, like the nominees, but I think Kage sticks out the most to me.
0: I also voted for Kage for very similar reasons, um, he's a great supporting character in the traditional supporting character sense. He also is literally a great supporting character for Boji. So I think he he fits so well, and he helps to progress the story forward. He helps to elevate Boji's story, and yeah, that was my choice.
1: But the winner for best supporting character actually went to Anya Forger from Spy Family. Uh, I don't know if this one I I agree with too much, but I can see like how Anya you know in certain episodes or certain missions that Lloyd does, she does try to support him. And you're it, too. Yeah, but maybe it's just like not the the support that you'd expect.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Like you think about supporting character in the literal sense, like how do they support? The main character, and you also just think like supporting character in the sense that like how do they help progress the story? How do they how do they affect the story? And I think Anya like I think she's definitely supporting toward Lloyd and Yor, but I don't know has she done enough to progress the story? Has there even mm. been enough story progression in Spy Family? Yeah, I think it's still early days for Spy Family, even though it's phenomenal already. Um, but again, I I'm not mad about it. I still think Kage should have won. Um, but I am happy, I guess, with Anya winning. I'm actually surprised but not surprised Rebecca from Cyberpunk Edge Runners is on here. I think yeah. she is a good supporting character. Um, but the role she plays is pretty minimal. And yeah. I feel like maybe she's on here more around like the meme hype behind yeah. her.
1: I think towards the end of Cyberpunk Edge Runners, she becomes more significant in the supporting role uh it's weird that Tengen and Yor are on here because I wouldn't consider them supporting characters I feel like they're more of like main characters in their own rights uh especially like like Tengen like he's he's the main Hashira that appears in the Entertainment District arc and Yor is the wife in the eponymous spy family
0: why are there no supporting characters from Attack on Titan on here
1: yeah, you're right. I mean, there think is... about
0: the where they're at in the story and mm-hmm. how many they could choose from because there are a lot of su- supporting characters who have s- extreme you know, like, like significance. Flock. Why is there yeah, flock, flock on here? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that there. Cause I didn't think about this before that there's no one from Attack on Titan.
1: And I, I can't say much about Hayasaka because we haven't watched Kaguya But if anyone has anything to, to defend her, her nominee in this category would be interested in hearing those onwards to the category of best main character and the nominees for this category are boji from ranking of king's core 2 chisato nishikigi from lycra's recoil david martinez from cyberpunk Runners, aaron yeager from attack on titan final season part 2 lloyd forger from spy family and marin kitagawa from my dress up darling um this is a very interesting category and I remember we were talking about this a lot during our Patreon episode but I think for this one I ended up going with Marin and I think it's kind of for the same reasons as with Anya how she's kind of just taken the community by storm and in a way it's hard to see like she sticks out uh, in this category because these characters there are things that define them in their own right that make them the right choice for main character but i think martine kind of leads the pack <laughs> in a way i like a, i'm having to like put an asterisk on this choice but yeah i went with martine
0: i also went with martine because i fucking love martine of course but i do think for the same reason like she left an impression on the anime community i i i feel like when you're talking best main character um you can consider their impact on the story and them as a character like in and of itself but then also the larger impact they have on the anime community because that's that's usually what you're going to get with many best main characters or with many main characters but there's also supporting characters who outshine their main characters which I I do have a couple of examples even within this list of nominees but ultimately I went with Manin Kitagawa, although I feel like Aaron Yeager is a close runner-up because his name's going to go down in history let's be honest.
1: Well, funny you mention him because the winner for best main anime character went to Aaron Yeager from Attack on Titan Final Season Part Two, which is kind of kind of weird, but not really because last year in the sixth Crunchyroll Anime Awards, I think Aaron won. Yeah, he won best antagonist. Even though like I, this category for main character, they I feel like they were supposed to group in protagonists and antagonists although most of these are protagonists
0: yeah i'm not mad that aaron won i i think you know he's going to be a main character that we talk about for years to come mm-hmm. um so I'm, I'm certainly not upset by that um i would not also be upset by boji winning because boji is little buddy buddy he's he's the best he's adorable he's he barely has any speaking lines for understandable reasons and even still like just watching the actions that he does and the choices he makes made him just so great like i just i love everything about boji what i was mentioning before about supporting characters outshining the main characters that's where i think it comes into play with spy family and cyberpunk edge runners i love david i fucking love lloyd lloyd's husband Mm -hmm. material for me but do I think that of the of the characters in their respective shows that they're the best character out there? No. <laughs> so I feel like, yeah, they're great main characters, but I don't think they hold a candle to Aaron Yeager or Marin Kitagawa or Eboji who cannot be outshined by any other character in their respective shows.
1: And Chisato has an interesting story in Lycoris Recoil. You know, it's cute girls doing shooting things. But, <laughs> Cute girls
0: doing badass things. <laughs> yeah, but
1: like with Chisato, she has a, a a sort of virtuous outlook, and that's what makes her a unique character in a world like Lycoris like Recoil that's filled with violence and and sort of suppression of violence. But you know, thinking about all of these characters together and knowing that Erin is the winner of this category, I think if you look at, at the evolution of these characters or the development of these characters, none of them really hold a candle to Aaron Yeager. Just following him from season one to all the shit that he does in the final season, I think he is a clear-cut winner.
0: But the reason I voted for mine over Aaron Yeager is because we're talking about the final season part two. And final season part Mm -hmm. two is Emo Aaron, a very subdued and sometimes very absent character in that part of the show so that's why i was like well comparing apples to apples Marin kitagawa fucking stole the show the entire season first season of uh my dress up darling so uh, i had to go with her but happy either way
1: next category we have best director and the nominees for this category are haruo sotozaki for demon slayer kimetsu no yaiba entertainment district arc hiroyuki imaishi for cyberpunk Edgerunners. runners Kazuhiro Furuhashi for Spy Family, Shingo Adachi for Like Re- Recoil, Yosuke Hata for Ranking of Kings Core 2, and Yuichiro Hayashi for Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2. Um, can't say that we're that familiar with the directors for these various anime, um, but just thinking of the show itself, I would have to go, or I went with uh, Hiroyuki Imaishi for Cyberpunk Edgerunners just because they were able to adapt a story from the world of cyberpunk so well. And it's real, it's become like a, um, a, a treasure in the anime community now. And people have raved so much about it for very good reason. I think the direction in it, the animation, the storytelling, just all came together really well. And so that was my choice for Best Director.
0: I also chose Hiroyuki Imaishi from Cyberpunk Edge Runners for the same reasons. But also very difficult because I'm not familiar with any of these directors.
1: <laughs> but the winner for Best Anime Director actually went to Haruo Sotozaki for Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba Entertainment District Arc.
0: Again, not being familiar with, with these directors, I think any of them deserve to win because all of these are fucking... Bangers. Mm-hmm. All these anime were successful. Um, they were heavy hitters. And I think that everything was impressively done across all of these titles. I, I know there's no way to really compare adapting something into an anime when it has an original source versus creating an original anime or creating a work from an original anime idea, but you do have to give props to the directors of Lycoris Recoil or the, the director of Ly- Lycoris Recoil because it's the only anime original on here because you don't have something to pull from. You have no source material therefore you're kind of making things from scratch
1: mm-hmm. to a certain
0: degree, but on the flip side, adapting something from you know a, a piece of like a body of work, especially one as renowned as Spy Family or Demon Slayer or Attack on Titan must also be difficult because you got to get it right or you're going to piss off a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I was about to say it's a challenge in itself to take a piece of work like a manga and adapt it in a way to a new audience basically and in a new medium where it still retains the same amount of energy and emotion as the original source material so again props to all of these directors for the work that they've done but you know especially props to the winner uh the director for demon slayer the entertainment district arc uh, because it seems like they delivered on that challenge the next category is for best anime song this is going to be a fun one and the nominees for this category are chiki chiki ban ban by queendom from your boy kong ming Comedy by Gen Hoshino from Spy Family, My Nonfiction by Miyuki Shirogane, C.V. Makoto Furukawa, and Chika Fujiwara, C.V. Konomi Kohara from Kaguya-sama Love is War Ultra Romantic, New Genesis by Ado from One One Piece Film Red, Shall We Dance by Riona from Shadow's House 2nd Season, and The Rumbling by Sim from Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2. I think there was a runaway winner for this category in my eyes because I picked The Rumbling by Sim from Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2.
0: I also picked The Rumbling by Sim and I think they actually made the Billboard like top 100 for the rock yes. category. It yeah. came
1: out when part 2 came out and when the song was released, it charted on the Billboard on I guess the Billboard charts here in the States, which is rare for a Japanese band, but you know, like, the popularity of Part 2 coupled with the release of this song, uh, I think it was off-putting at first, at least to me, because, you know, I was expecting Link Horizon to come back for an OP for Attack on Titan, but I think the AOT community has grown to really love this song. And so I think it, it's it's deserving to be a winner in this category. And funny enough... It is the winner for this category because the winner for best anime song went to The Rumbling by Sim for Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2. I
0: think Cheeky Cheeky Bon Bon would have been a great other option. Like legitimately, Mm. I I would have been happy if it won best anime song because it has, like the whole thing is just strange. Like it's such a fucking good song. The visuals for the OP are absolutely amazing. Um, It's... It's a, I guess, a sample. I don't know what you call it, but like, it's the original is the Hungarian EDM song. Yes. That's random as fuck, <laughs> and it's just an earworm. It sticks with you.
1: Yeah, comedy by Gen Hoshino from Spice Family was a chill vibe, uh, but I, I think I, I don't. What else do we have on this list? My nonfiction. We haven't watched Kaguya-sama. can't say much about that. New Genesis. We don't. We haven't watched anything. Related to One Piece, shall we dance? I, I haven't actually heard of Shadow's House. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know, like, what the merits were, or, like, what merits were considered in choosing the winner for Best Anime. But in my eyes...
0: Best Anime Song. Best
1: Anime Song, sorry. Uh, but in my eyes, I think it's more of, like, the staying power of a particular song. Like, what's one that has really impacted the anime community, the anime industry. And as we talked about with the rumbling, like how it's even impacted the world by charting on a music chart, I, can, I think you can see there that it has had significant impact compared to these other nominees. Next category, we have Best Film. and the nominees for this category are Bubble, Dragon Ball super superhero. Inu O, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, One Piece film Red, and The Deer King. For this category, I ended up picking Jujutsu Kaisen Zero.
0: I also picked Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, but to be fair, we've both only seen JJK Zero and Bubble. Yeah, I know of Dragon Ball Super Superhero. I understand the the plot. Um, I I know of One Piece film, right? I've never seen One Piece. Uh, and I've only heard the titles Inu Owen, The Deer King before the award. So Mm -hmm. we're kind of limited in our knowledge here.
1: But our limited knowledge worked in our favor because the winner for best anime film went to Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. Amazing.
0: (laughs) I, I'm not surprised, um, but also I don't know if this is just a category that I'm really not familiar with like the nominees or if it's just a weak ass category but i feel like this year the category does feel kind of weak like i I don't know yeah like the fact that bubbles on here it kind of makes me think like this is just a a weak year for anime movies although who knows one piece film run could have been fucking amazing dragon ball super superhero could have been amazing although i really didn't hear much about it after it um, came out bubble was boring like i it was it was mm-hmm. okay like it was parkour the anime movie but the story was pretty lackluster and then i don't know anything about inuo or the deer king
1: yeah i the only other movie i can comment on is bubble as well which just felt like a a sort of marketing pitch for which studio in the same way that promare worked for or sorry yeah the way that promare worked for a studio trigger uh but i it just didn't enthrall me as much as I thought it would um but to talk about the winner of this category Jujutsu Kaisen Zero uh, I think it's deserving it made me who's normally not a fan of Jujutsu Kaisen really love the film I think I think it helped me to understand the world of Jujutsu Kaisen a little bit more and I think it just had a more meaningful story behind its protagonist Yuta in compared to Yuji from from jujutsu kaisen the the series next category we have best score as in best musical score and the nominees for this category are attack on titan final season part two cyberpunk edge runners demon slayer kimitsu no yaiba entertainment district arc Maiden abyss the golden city of the scorching sun spy family and ya boy kong ming for this category i think This was a runaway winner in my eyes. Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2. I think all of these nominees have great musical scores in their own right, but none with the same impact, at least for me, as Attack on Titan.
0: I went with Made in Abyss um, because Kevin Pankin has done a phenomenal job with all of the music across Made in Abyss. It is unlike anything else on this list of nominees, and the like the the expression of emotion through the score is always spot on. like it just it's just absolutely beautiful, mm-hmm. enthralling, adventurous. like it's it's got so many great facets to it. I think a good runner-up for me, which is very different from the score of Made in Abyss, would be the score for Fi- Spy Family. <laughs> Five Family. We're we're really tired this weekend. We had a lot going on, so bear with us. Um, but Spy Family, I thought, had a phenomenal score that fit that show to a T. Mm-hmm. I just think that you you can't get any more espionage. You know, 1960s than what No Name came up for for Spy Family. So I wanted to go Spy Family, ultimately picked Made in Abyss.
1: Fun fact, I think Kevin Pankin was actually present at the award ceremony. And throughout the stream, you can see him sitting at one of the tables in front. Um, I think he had like a, he was wearing a dress shirt and vest with an open chest <laughs> so you can kind of see his chest there damn too. <laughs> okay kevin pankin <laughs> uh, but the winner for best anime score went to attack on titan final season part two and we actually saw the the winner for this category um give their acceptance speech on stage during the live stream And so the composers were kota yamamoto and hiroyuki sawano sawano was the one who had done the music for the first three seasons of Attack on Titan, and then Kota Yamamoto kind of was taken under his wing and composed a lot of the music for the final season. So very glad to see them go home with the win this year. I think they also ended up winning last year. Um, Oh, no, sorry. It was uh, the, the composers for Demon Slayer. But yeah, this was one category that I was very satisfied to hear who the winner was. So major props to Koto Yamamoto and Hiroyuki Sawano. But to comment really quickly on the other nominees, again, they were all uh, great nominees for this category in their own right. Um, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. I, I think there was an actual composer for some of the music in this show but most of it just came from the Cyberpunk Edge Runners or not the, the Cyberpunk 2077 video game soundtrack. Yeah,
0: so. I I thought about that too. I was like it's the the stuff is good. Like the the music you get in Cyberpunk Edge Runners is fucking good, mm-hmm. but is it original to the yeah. anime? <laughs> like maybe 50%, I don't know. So I that's the only hesitation I had there. I also had some hesitation on your boy Kong Ming mm-hmm. because well while, while I assume all the songs on there are originals, maybe except for Cheeky Cheeky Ban Ban which takes from another song, I, I didn't think that the the music was stand out besides Cheeky Cheeky Bam Bam.
1: And you know, the vocal performances in Ya Boy Kong Ming, and like most of the songs are in English, and I know the singers probably tried their best at pronouncing it, but I think, you know, thinking of a, an anime like Carolyn Tuesday, which also had English, English songs, uh, I think those had a little more quality to them uh, compared to something like Your Boy Kong Ming.
0: And more variety. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but they played the same song in Your Boy Kong Ming like 10 times. Like they just, this one song kept coming up over and over again. And then all the like, multiple characters would sing it. And I'm like, I, there's more songs than just this in, in the score. Like like play something else.
1: Mm-hmm. And then Demon Slayer, you know, I, I, not to say it's not a standout son- soundtrack, but can't really think of pieces from the entertainment district arc that really stuck out in my mind. And, you know, of course, like I think my second choice, like you for this category as winner. I would have gone with Kevin Pinkin because he's a fantastic anime composer. I think he was saying like how he felt like made in abyss season two was almost like his magnum opus, but I feel like he has so much more potential in the anime music space that I hope to one day see him win this category or i actually no i think he did win this category before with a uh, tower of god at some point because he was a composer for that anime but yeah I, I mean if if someone can correct me but hopefully in that case he can win again <laughs> just because he's a again great music composer next category is also musical based because it's the category for best ending sequence and so for this category, the nominees are Akuma no Ko by Ai Hikuchi from Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2, Comedy by Gen Hoshino from Spy Family, My Heart Has Surrendered by Airi Suzuki from Kaguya-sama Love is War Ultra Romantic, Koi no Yukui uh, by Akari Akase from My Dress-Up Darling, Kosaberi Biori by Fantastic Youth from Komi Can't Communicate Second Series, and Yofukashino Uta by Creepy Nuts from Call of the Night. For this category, it's kind of similar with anime song. I went with one that I feel has the most significance. Um, I went with the ending for AOT, which is Akuma no Ko.
0: I also went with Akuma no Ko from Attack on Titan. We did have our episode at the end of 2022 where we talked about our favorite OPs and EDs from anime in 2022 and akuma no ko made my list because it is just beautiful everything about it is absolutely amazing i will say though that best anime song is a confusing category because almost all if or most if not all of those nominees are also openings and endings
1: yeah and i think we discussed this in our patreon episode i think anime song for that category it's more of looking at the song itself um ending sequence I feel like would comprise both the the music and the visuals that you see in the credits. And so the winner for best anime ending sequence actually went to comedy by Genoshino for Spy Family, which I'm okay with because the song is a vibe, it's a chill vibe, a great way to end each episode for the first core of Spy Family. And if I, if I recall the visuals for it, it was kind of like sketches of Anya. Oh no, am I mixing up? No, sorry, it wasn't sketches, but it's like Anya going through her routine with, or like your daily routine with Lloyd and Yor.
0: But there's like imagery flash kind of like in the background and stuff. Like it mostly follows Anya. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a great song, great visuals. I, I'm also not mad about this one winning, Um, I would say visuals-wise, Akuma no Ko is more subdued. It just is Aaron in a field, like that's literally all it is. Yeah, and it's like it's
1: callback to I think like one of the first open or ending sequences for AOT as well.
0: Yeah, but like I think that coupled with the song, it is the visuals. While they may not be as flashy as some of these others, it is a perfect blend of or perfect marriage of the visuals and song, like the song compliments the visuals the mm-hmm. visuals complement the song leading to a beautiful ending sequence so i am a little salty that that didn't win ultimately um i do want to comment on my dress up darling yes i mean fucking kyun kyun kyun. amazing song <laughs> however visuals wise it's just them as chibis or more like cartoon like doodles doodles yeah. yeah so visuals are okay so i could see why it didn't win but i'm glad it's at least nominated
1: mm-hmm Call of the Night, Kaguya Sama, can't say much about those. Uh, for Komi, the song was was good. Um, I think for visuals, it kind of had the characters, like the classmates in 8 bit style, which is pretty unique. But It was
0: like just dance because it was actual people. Yeah. Kind of rotoscoping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: rotoscoped uh, versions of the characters, but nothing that kind of stands out like Akuma no Ko or comedy. Uh, so, yeah. Comedy takes the win here. And I think the last music-related category is Best Opening Sequence. And the nominees for this category are Chiki Chiki Bon Bon by Queendom from Ya Boy Kong Ming, Mixed Nuts by Official Higedandism from Spy Family, Naked Hero by Vondi from Ranking of King's Core 2, The Rumbling by Sim from Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2, This Fire by Franz Ferdinand from Cyberpunk Edgerunners. And Zankyo Sanka by Aimer from Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba Entertainment District Arc. There's a clear winner here. It's Chiki Chiki Bonbon from your boy Kong Ming. That was my pick. If it doesn't win, I'm going to be disappointed.
0: <laughs> I also picked Chiki Chiki Bonbon from your boy Kong Ming, but it was not a cl- as clear of a winner to me as it was for you. I struggled with this category. I think the only one that I wasn't as married to was the Demon Slayer opening. Still still great, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But like I I it wasn't def it definitely wasn't my first pick. Um the Rumbling, I mean, it's the Rumbling. It's iconic at this point. Mixed Nuts. Think about that song from Higedan. So I I'm a big official uh I can't talk right now. I am a big fan of official Hige Dandism. Um and I loved that song, The Person on the Drums and on the Piano. Like they're going ape shit in the beginning of it. Like mm-hmm. it's so good and the visuals are a great fit. Um the Cyberpunk Edge Runners opening is really really good too. It's like a perfect vibe for the show. Naked Hero was one of my favorite openings from last year. It was Absolutely beautiful. You talk about another great marriage of, um, you know, visuals with song. This is like, this is it. I I get so much emotion watching it. But I ultimately went with Cheeky Cheeky Bon Bon because, to me, there's nothing that compared to that from last year.
1: Well, I think this is going to be our first disappointment for the night because the winner for best opening sequence went to the rumbling by sim from attack on titan final season part two (laughs) i'll just say i'm not okay i'll rephrase i'm not disappointed by this win because i love the rumbling by sim but i think that cheeky cheeky bonbon was robbed
0: (laughs) (laughs) i do too i i feel the same as you like again all these were really good options i'm i'm happy to see the rumbling be recognized once again But come on, Chiggy Chiggy Bon Bon, what the fuck? Again, nothing else compared to it. Not even just within this year, but in anime in general, I can't think of any openings or endings that I've ever seen that come close to Chiggy Chiggy Bon Bon in Mm -hmm. the way that it was stylized, um, I also think that Chiki Chiki Bon Bon is a perfect marriage of visuals and song that complement each other. Yeah, it is so good. It's just so good.
1: And we we learned the little dance, the little Kongming dance that they do in the OP. And I think I talked about this in the Patreon episode. Like, I'm really curious what the pitch was, or like the pitch that was given to the team that had to like, create the OP. It's like, uh, guys, just... we
0: heard this really great Hungarian EDM song. We gotta use it as an opening for this anime. Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? <laughs> and then
1: the team just took it and ran away with it. And it's just a psychedelic visual spectacle. Uh, so yeah, I'm kind of, I'm slightly disappointed that they didn't get the win here. Um, Again, yeah, the rumbling is a great song, but thinking of opening sequence in terms of visuals, I feel like it's it's a st- Standard like mappa opening. It's very reminiscent, in a way, of like Jujutsu Kaisen's openings.
0: Yeah, I don't. That's like a a a. What do you call it? Like a slight to mappa because mm-hmm. it takes a lot of effort to animate something as gorgeously and as beautifully as. The Jujutsu Kaisen opening, the Chainsaw Man opening, the Attack on Titan opening, and this opening also gave us the fucking memed Aaron screaming face. Yes, that's <laughs> so true. That that's good. <laughs> um, but it it also kind of felt like another Attack on Titan opening from the Mappa side of things. Obviously, the Wit Studio openings all kind of felt the same way, but different than what Mappa presented. Um, so I I wouldn't say it like yeah, stood out in that sense. It, it has other openings that feel like it. You can't quite say the same thing about Chiki Chiki Bon Bon.
1: Yeah, and just to comment quickly on the other nominees. Mixed Nuts, great song. I think uh, opening for that was like a very, almost like Catch Me If You Can with the the animated sequence in the beginning and then transitioning into the characters as drawn by Witch Studio and Cloverworks. Um, this, this fire felt more cinematic in its opening, but nothing that felt like impactful. Um, and then Zankyo Sanka. Great song by Eimer, but it it, it doesn't live up to Gerengue, unfortunately. And then that sort of just felt like a standard Demon Slayer opening. Oh,
0: you know what I wanted to say back with um, Best Director when it comes to Spy Family? Mm-hmm. I don't know what that director for Spy Family was ultimately responsible for when it came to the collaboration between Cloverworks and Wit Studio, but I imagine that he had to have some, some involvement. So I think what stood out for Spy Family is that assuming that this director had involvement in that, to be able to balance two entire studios yes. in the direction that they're taking this, this anime, and then for it to be such a clean, seamless anime, especially in terms of animation, like, mm-hmm. that's fucking phenomenal. So whether it was that director or maybe another member of staff who was coordinating all that, props to them, because that's a rare feat in anime. We haven't seen much of that. It, it has happened in anime, but not often enough.
1: Yeah, I think the from that collaboration, they've come out with like some sort of studio or collaborative efforts um, to continue work like they did for Spy Family. Um, what was the last thing I was going to say for this category? Uh, Naked Hero by Vondi.
0: Oh my God, so fucking good.
1: Yeah, great song. Visuals too. I think if we were to judge this on how much it tugs at the heartstrings, then this would be a great winner for anime opening sequence.
0: And I feel like Okay, little part of me feels like it's Wit Studio trying to tell Mappa or Mappa, you're not the only ones who can do like high quality, smooth animation Mm -hmm. that just like it looks absolutely seamless and fluid because there's something so intense behind the visuals of Naked Hero that like I just, I love watching it. I just love it. I love, I love every facet of that opening. I think it's so good.
1: Next category we have is. Best Continuing Series, and the nominees for this category, or to, to caveat, or to preface, <laughs> I, don't know I, I don't think caveat is the right word, but to preface, uh, Best Continuing Series refers to series that are guaranteed to have an upcoming season, um, so like th- their story hasn't completed yet, and so the nominees for this category are Attack on Titan, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, Hagiwara sama, Love is War. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Made in Abyss, and One Piece.
0: Well, to clarify, because there's a lot of orig- or new shows that also have not completed their stories. I think these are shows that have been ongoing before 2022 mm-hmm. and are still going to be continuing. Because okay. you're going to have like a bunch of the shows under like the new category, like Best New Anime, that still... Technically, have more to their yeah. stories. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that how I would describe better, it. Better. Anyway. Yeah.
1: That better clarifies it. Uh, I think the, the one show that defines continuing series in this case um, would be One Piece. <laughs> but the epitome of a continuing <laughs> yeah, series. I think for this, I went with Attack on Titan, just because you know this story has been going on for nine years, but it's still as riveting and as refreshing and as captivating as it was when it started that many years ago. And we're now gearing up for its final conclusion, final, final, final conclusion, hopefully with the final season, part three, part two. Um, So that was my choice for this category.
0: I ended up going with Attack on Titan as well, although as a diehard JoJo fan, I really wanted to go with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure because when you talk about continuing series... I mean, you got a continuing series that follows a whole fucking lineage of a family. Like it is it's it's iconic in that way, but Attack on Titan will always be more iconic. So that's that's why I went with AOT.
1: But the ultimate winner for best continuing anime series, no surprise here, went to One Piece. <laughs> I mean,
0: people would riot if it didn't go to One Piece. Yeah. I mean, 1000 <laughs> plus It is the definition of mm-hmm. that. <laughs>
1: 1000 plus episodes, like nothing else comes close um what are the other nominees kaguya-sama again can't say much about that i thought it was it was wrapping up though after season three and this movie but maybe that's not the case uh and then demon slayer yeah i think now watching like the preview for season three the story is definitely getting interesting um so it's more of a wait and see on that but Yeah, for me at least, AOT is I would guess be like the second runner up to One Piece here.
0: With Made in Abyss, I mean we've gotten two seasons in a movie, a canon movie, but we're just scratching the surface of this world of Of the the abyss. Abyss. We know no pun intended about scratching the surface as we're diving deep into the layers of the abyss. But we know nothing. I feel like we we have like no clue what the abyss holds even at this point, which is cool. I love that because even if the show doesn't go on for many more seasons, if it's just like one or two more seasons, there's so much to be explored and so much to be revealed. So I, I think that it's it's deserving of being in this category. But I mean, are any of these gonna outbeat One Piece? No. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's just it's one piece.
1: Next category we have best new series, and I think this refers to any series that premiered in twenty twenty two, whether original or adapted so the nominees for this category are Call of the Night, Cyberpunk Edgerunners, Lycoris Recoil, My Dress Up Darling, Spy Family, and Ya Boy Kong Ming. I think for this one, my choice was Spy Family. I, I think this was probably one of the most hyped series in 2022 besides Chainsaw Man. Actually, I, I'm surprised we didn't talk about that. The, the nominees for these categories... Were only for anime that premiered between the winter and summer seasons of 2022. They didn't take it or factor in anything that came in for fall 2022, which is really in weird. And
0: spring, right? Winter, spring, summer. Yeah, between yeah, winter.
1: Then... Yeah, winter and summer. So yeah, fall wasn't considered, even though that came out in 2022. That and so a that lot of those no shows sense. completed
0: yeah. by the end, right before the new year hit. So I don't understand. I think the cutoff was like what September 2022 or something like that, like sometime mm-hmm. in September. I could be wrong about that. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the logic behind that. It's confusing.
1: That's where I feel a little more suspicious because then that makes the next awards in 2024. That would mean Chainsaw Man is eligible because I'm sure Crunchy will wants that to be like the the clear leader. Yeah, it almost
0: it. feels like 2 years removed. Like it's yeah. not technically, but it feels like it cuz yeah, it would be 2024. Yeah. And then Chainsaw Man has to go up against Attack on Titan because mm-hmm. at least one part of Attack on Titan came out in what would be their their like time frame criteria. Yeah. It's going to be weird next year.
1: Yeah. Something something seems fishy here. Uh but going back to this category for best new series, I yeah, I went with Spy Family. I think it was the talk of the town. Like I said, one of the most hype shows or most anticipated shows in 2022 and yeah like people have have flocked to it so much so so many like spy family cosplays last year so not that that's related to this category but yeah that was my choice
0: i also picked spy family for very similar reasons it it like it took the world by storm the way Maden Kitagawa herself <laughs> took the world by storm. Yes, My Dress Up Darling was my one of my personal picks, um, but I don't think it quite is as like intense or impressive with the hold it has like Cyberpunk or Spy Family. So Cyberpunk would technically be my close runner up. My Dress Up Darling would be like my true personal pick, but Spy Family I think is uh, what I ended up voting for.
1: And maybe we really need to buy a lottery tickets because the winner for best new anime series went to Spy Family.
0: Well deserving. Well, well deserving. It, it was to me. It lived up to the hype that it was getting. Now, is the story getting like really deep at this point? No. As I mentioned earlier, I feel like we're just scratching the surface of Spy Family. But what we got was great. It was really good. Animation was solid. Um, voice acting was phenomenal. Like it just every part of spy family worked really well came together really well so yeah i think it's totally deserving of best new series
1: yeah and for the other nominees my dress up darling Yo boy kong ming kind of similar to spy family they're they're all in their early days um i haven't heard much about like a, a season two for kong ming I, i'd expect one for my dress up darling for sure especially with what happens towards the end of, of that first season um, but yeah, nothing I feel from those shows that are as impactful as *Spy Family*. Although *Cyberpunk*, *Edge Runners*, and *Lacerous Recoil*, I feel like they would be good contenders for this for this category as winners. Can't say much, of course, about *Call of the Night* since I've only watched one episode. Next category we have best animation, and the nominees for this category are *Akemi's Sailor Uniform*, *Attack on Titan* final season part two. Cyberpunk, Runners, Demon Slayer, Kamenetsu no Yaiba Entertainment District Arc, Ranking of Kings, Core 2, and Spy Family. Um, this one, <laughs> I think we talked about this earlier with, uh, I forget which category, but I, I went with Demon Slayer just because of how fantastic, oh yeah, the, the action sequences are. Um, so animation for that is top-notch. For this series so i went with demon slayer
0: i went with spy family but i i was kind of torn here i think spy family the collaboration between cloverworks and wit studio adds an entirely different dimension here and as i mentioned earlier the fact that they had two entirely different studio animation teams working on this and you cannot fucking tell the difference between each mm-hmm. episode that they worked on because i think like one of them worked on all the even number episodes. The other worked on all the odd number episodes, if I remember correctly. I mean, to to have it look as clean and crisp and gorgeous, whether it was just a scene, very subdued people sitting around talking, or an action sequence like you're fighting Lloyd or whatever in one of those episodes, all of it looked absolutely amazing. So I, I just thought, given the circumstances for Spy Family, that would be deserving of best animation.
1: Well, guess what? You're wrong and I'm right. Oh, <laughs> so, my God. <laughs> the winner for best animation goes to Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba Entertainment, District Arc. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised. Neither am I. It's, it's good. A, it, 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 it deserves it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think this is like one of the, the mainstream answers. It's funny just seeing Akebi on this list. Because I did not like a copy, but I, I, <laughs> I will <dropped> say, it. <laughs> I will say uh, CloverWorks' animation in that show was top-notch, um, especially you know the the feet sequence,
0: <laughs> <laughs> the toenail clipping <laughs> scene. Oh my god! Um,
1: ranking of Kings, though, I I think deserved a win just because it's a it's a unique animation style compared to what we normally see in anime because it feels more of like a Disney fantasy storybook style,
0: and Cyberpunk Edge Runners. I mean, that's Studio Trigger. They're they're. I was gonna say in a league of their own, but not really, not really a league of their own. They just are their own entire like vibe and and look and feel. Mm-hmm. Like you can you can spot a Studio Trigger anime among a crowd. Like you just Some know a mile away. But yeah. that, that's a good thing, right? Like they they're so iconic in their particular style. Um, and way of doing action sequences and way of approaching animation in general that you know trigger when you see it. Um, I would say Attack on Titan. This one's tough because the animation is really good it's throughout Mapa. the entire thing. Mm-hmm. But then you have you have the CG during mm-hmm. some of the more intense like fighting sequences, which CG is part of animation. That's totally fair. But then you also kind of have to factor in like like does CG make things easier and is that why they're choosing that over 2D anime? And so if they're choosing a a an easier, faster route, does that diminish whether they deserve that? But now that it brings mm. up Demon Slayer cuz I don't know anything about it. I need to I need to spend time reading about it, but my understanding from a one of our listeners um who sort of explained it to me in our Discord, I believe, that there is like the underlying CG that then has 2D animation over it in Demon Slayer, which is why they're able to pull off such intense sequences and have such clean, consistent animation. Um, But I don't know. I can't speak to it because I I haven't done the research yet.
1: No, yeah, I I recall hearing about that for Demon Slayer. But here's the thing. I think Demon Slayer, it's so clean with the animation that you can't tell that it's CG. Yeah, that's true talking about attack on titan it does have a lot of breathtaking sequences that mappa does a fine job at but i just don't think it's it's clean enough especially considering the cgi or even some of the 2d sequences that were handled by witch studio how those compare with how MAPPA would handle similar sequences
0: or even among MAPPA's like uh, resume resume is not the right word there's another word I'm trying to think repertoire of. there you go thank you um of anime when you think like Jujutsu Kaisen season one they have 2d animated hand-to-hand combat that looks more impressive than yes. the CG titans these huge titans fighting so I think that's kind of where I faltered a little bit um, with attack on titan why i didn't choose it for this category and maybe why it didn't win i don't know
1: but yeah demon slayer takes the win actually it's been winning a lot these awards holy shit yeah so, <laughs> next category we have best character design and the nominees for this category are cyberpunk edge runners demon slayer kimetsu no yaiba entertainment district arc Jojo's Wizard Adventure, Stone Ocean, My Dress Up Darling, Ranking of King's Core 2, and Spy Family. This one, maybe it's the Jojo fan in me, but I, I went with Stone Ocean. I mean, it's David Production. They always do a fantastic job with adapting Jojo. And Stone Ocean was no different with how delicate, not delicate, how intricate all of the character designs were. I mean, look at Anasui. Like all the details in his design, like what they had to work with, or even Jotaro's new snake skin suit, <laughs> suit and, and, and purple jacket, like the detail that goes into that sort of work. So I went with Jojo for this category.
0: I did as well. And I don't care if people think I'm biased because I'm a diehard JoJo fan. I genuinely think that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure should win best character design because not only in Stone Ocean, you think about the entirety of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, you don't have as many iconic characters for their actual design you think like aaron yeager iconic character not for his character design necessarily but for who he is and how like what he his impact to the story um his backstory just everything about him but like character design wise i think character design is iconic in jojo because Mm -hmm. you're not only talking about the characters themselves, their personalities, which, by the way, the Joe Bros in Stone Ocean are so drastically different from each other that each of them feels distinct and unique. But then on top of that, you have their insane fashion. That's also distinct and unique for each of these characters. Even some of the more minor characters have this distinct look to them. There's so much thought that goes into the aesthetic of each character. And then on top of that, you have fucking Jojo poses. I mean, what other anime is known for the poses that their characters do? And I think all of these kind of play into character design. I know some people also believe that character design should take into account like the personality of the character and their story and all that stuff. Um, but I think Jojo, like there, there's uniqueness in every facet of what you'd find in character design, in that category of character design.
1: Well, we'll be disappointed here because the winner for best anime character design went to Demon Slayer: Kimetsu no Yaiba Entertainment District Arc.
0: I mean, it, they look good, but when you think like character design from a personality standpoint, they're kind of tropey. Like Tanjiro is the self-doubting anime protagonist who cries a lot. Mm-hmm. Inosuke is like the crazy, goofy, off-the-wall, like wild card character. Zenitsu's the big ass crybaby who's scared but has like the potential. You know what I mean? Like, the, there's something tropey. And maybe not in like a bad way, but like it is more tropey in Demon Slayer. Um, but then, like, also design wise.
1: Maybe they were I don't know. <laughs> looking more so towards the the new characters in this arc, which are like Tengen uh, and the villains, Daki and Yutaro.
0: Yeah, but even then, it's like, okay, Tengen is like. Uh, like built like a brick shit house, yeah. And he likes to be flashy. Okay, like what else beside? Like every Hashida is distinct looking, so I guess you could say that's that's something they've got going for them. Um, but I don't know. I just like I'm not as compelled by the character design and Demon Slayer as I am with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure.
1: Yeah, um, I feel like JoJo was robbed in this category, and it wasn't really in many categories throughout these awards. Uh, But I thought this one was one that it would stand out in. Just because of, again, David Productions' intricacies with the material. Um, Cyberpunk Runners, I thought they had unique character designs for that one. And I think most of those are obviously from scratch because it's an original original story. Uh, My Dress Up Darling, like character design in a slice of life rom-com. Maybe the cosplays that she puts on? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I don't, as much as I love my dress up, darling, I don't know why it's on here for character design. Mm -hmm. Modding's the only distinct character, but there are also other characters like her out there.
1: Ranking of Kings. This one, I think is, can go both ways because, like I said earlier, it's a unique animation style with the story. But certain, like, there aren't many characters that feel like, like I was wowed by their character design.
0: I would say it's just Boji and Kage Mm because Boji is um he's deaf and also mute because he's deaf. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Kage is a blob. (laughs) He's literally a blob, (laughs) black shadow. (laughs) So I guess those two are distinct enough.
1: And then Spy Family, uh, it it's the character designs are clean, but yeah, nothing that really feels like it sticks out. Yeah moving on to the penultimate category which is best original anime the nominees for this category are birdie wing golf girl story healer girl lycarus recoil the orbital children vampire in the garden and Yure deco for this one i went with lycarus recoil i think this was one of the few nominees that i knew in this category um i think this was a summer series if i remember correctly And yeah, I just, I, I love it. And I I think the community in Japan also loved it because when we were there, there was a lot of, uh, merchandise for like risk recoil in the anime stores. And even in those, the gacha machines or, or claw machines. So yeah, it seems like people really were drawn towards this series, which I think is a rarity because, you know, original series can be a hit or miss, but this one definitely was a hit.
0: I also went with like wrist Recoil. Um, I don't think any of the others compare to it. I have heard interesting things about Birdie Wing, but nothing that makes me think that like it's deserving of this category. This one's tough. Um, because I know I said the best film category felt like the weakest category in terms of what we had to go off of in twenty twenty two. I don't wanna call this one a weak category. I just think in general there aren't a lot of original anime every year, so it's it kind yeah. of is not like slim pickings. That sounds a little harsh, um but really there's not as much to cho- to choose from. Because I'm thinking like Orbital Children, like I watched it and like I don't know why it's on here, <laughs> but it's an original anime, so maybe they just had to pick six of whatever was out there but lycra's recoil i mean that is a perfect example of how an original anime can become a hit all on its own like you don't need to have the hype behind Mm -hmm. the original source material you can have an original anime that is phenomenal
1: man if akiba made war were on this list yeah that would have been a tough (laughs) choice for me but of course they omitted anything from fall 2022 for whatever reason But to move on to the actual winner for this category, the winner for Best Original Anime went to Lycarus Recoil. Very well deserved. And last but certainly not least, we have the category for Anime of the Year. And so the nominees for this category are Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2, Cyberpunk Edgerunners, Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba Entertainment District Arc, Lycarus Recoil, Ranking of Kings Core 2, and Spy Family. This one, I had to go with my Shinzo wo Sasage. <laughs> so I picked Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2.
0: I also picked Attack on Titan. I, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but, I mean, it's iconic. It's it's going down in history as one of the greatest anime of all time. One, like, of,
1: the of, all one time. of the anime of all time. One of the anime
0: of all time. like That's not something to be taken lightly um, because it's not something that happens very often in anime. So... I think that's, that there's a lot to be said about Attack on Titan, and I think every time it shows up for Anime of the Year, I'm probably going to vote for it. But a, a very close runner-up for me, I think, would be Spy Family.
1: Well, we have a kind of surprise win here because the winner for Anime of the Year went to Cyberpunk Edge Runners.
0: I think this whole category has phenomenal nominees. All of them... Mm-hmm could have won and I would have again not been mad about it not mad about cyberpunk edge runners it was a great anime like yeah. for 10 episodes like studio trigger just fucking ran with it and they made a great piece of work so even though it it may not be what i voted for or even my runner up i i fully support this pick
1: yeah it's one of the very few really good video game adaptations not that this is essentially adapting a story from the video game cyberpunk 2077 but yeah just to echo what you said trigger did a phenomenal job with the story of cyberpunk edge runners with the animation and just the visual aesthetic and yeah i don't know if you would call this like a sleeper like it wasn't a sleeper hit but it was a a surprise hit for the year just because of how many people have been praising it and commending it, so I'm not I'm not disappointed with this win. And maybe this is Crunchyroll's way to extend a little bit of goodwill because this is not a this is not a Crunchyroll exclusive anime. It's it's a Netflix exclusive.
0: I know we questioned it that one year when Jujutsu Kaisen won, mm-hmm. but it hadn't even completed the season yet. And we were like, well, Jujutsu Kaisen is a Crunchyroll streaming anime. I don't know. But yeah, hear maybe that squashes some of the doubts that we had.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it would have been great to see AOT win, but I'm pretty sure the AOT Attack on Titan final season part one won anime of the year last year. And it'll so. probably <laughs> win again at some point, <laughs> like, yeah. let's
0: be honest, especially with the conclusion of it. I'm sure it'll win again.
1: Yeah, it'll probably be the front runner for next year's anime awards.
0: And so another year of the Crunchyroll Anime Awards has come and gone. As we mentioned before, it keeps getting better and better. There's improvements each and every year over. So we're looking forward to 2024 and the nominees for that year and who will ultimately win. Because you think about who's going to be on that roster. It's going to be interesting with, as we mentioned before, the conclusion of fall 2022 anime in the 2024 award show. Mm-hmm. Because holy shit, as we all know, fall 2022 was absolutely insane. Yeah. Stacked like none other.
1: It was a beast to be reckoned with. So it'll be interesting seeing how those factor in with the slate of upcoming anime for 2023.
0: And reach out to us. Let us know who you guys voted for in each of these categories. If you had some of the same picks as us, if you were as surprised by any of these winners as we were, um, or if you feel like we picked someone that should, or someone, some anime that should not have won, tell us, reach out. You can message us on Instagram or Twitter. You can email us. Or the best way, I think, is to join our Discord. And the link to join is in the description. And thank you guys, as always, for tuning in, listening, and hope you look forward to our thoughts on Country Crunchyroll Awards next year. As always, subscribe to Strictly Anime on your favorite podcast service. Join our Discord to chat with us and let us know who you voted for. Follow us on Instagram at The Strictly Series, on Twitter at Strictly Series, and check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com. If you'd like to support the show and get access to things like our bonus episodes, head over to patreon.com slash series and to Strictly Jojo, our other podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb.